got to turn the radio <laughs> off. The, the, yeah, that station is not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I've had to learn. Welcome to the Postlight Podcast. I am Chris Lasacco, the president of Postlight, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host and partner in this business, Gina Trapani, CEO. How are you, Gina? I'm doing great. What's great. up? What's up? How's it going? It's going good. Good morning. It's going good. There's lots of things. There's always lots of things. There's always lots of things. And I think what we should talk about today is how to handle... All the things? All the things. Yes. We should. Let's talk about this, because... On a daily basis, actually, we talk about how, to, on some level, we're talking about how to handle all the things. Yeah. Well, I mean, how long did we look at our calendars yesterday? Oh, my gosh. Just to try and figure out what our week Where looked like. Where to fit everything. Yeah. It was a long time. At one Literally point, I looked hours, at you. I think. It was. I was like, looked at you, and I was like, I, this, why are we, we spent so much time moving boxes around on a grid? Rectangles in a week is yes. like. Ooh. <laughs> you know, in my sort of trajectory in my career from like, you know, you know, individual contributor to, to leader, Mm -hmm. that trajectory, there there was a point where I was becoming more of a leader and I would come home and it was always around like Thursday night and I'd be having dinner with my family. And I would say to my wife, something like this, this week, man, (laughs) it was a lot, it was a lot. And you know what? I'm almost there. And as soon as this insert, whatever big thing was happening, then is behind me, then I'm going to be golden. Oh my God. I'm going to just, it's going to be so normal after that. <laughs> like it's going to be cool and chill. And I'm going to like, I'm going to feel like I have everything under control. I don't have everything under control right now, but that's just this week. Right. Next week is going to be better. <laughs> I'm laughing because I've had that exact conversation probably 400 times. times. Right. Yeah. Well, so then it got to the point where I didn't realize it, but it was every week I was saying some version of this to my wife. Right. So there was a point where like I made the face, I guess that I'm about to say, and she looked at me and said, this week, man, <laughs> like completely with a big smile on her face, really? like, uh, like just outwardly just mocking me. And she was like, you say this every week. Like you should just wow. know. I just like, and you, yes. She was like, wow. I just want you to know, like you say this every week. Like, I feel like you're telling yourself a story about how it's going to get easier oh or like less hectic. And it's not like, and you should know. <laughs> It was it was a rough moment. It was it, that is a rough moment, but also it's like you, you know you need the mirror held up to you every oh, once in a while, oh, where it's, it's like bru- when it's your spouse who yeah. knows you the best. It's kind of brutal. It was a brutal moment of reckoning. Brutal but necessary. Brutal but necessary. Right. So I had to get to this place where I was like, oh, this is normal. This is normal. When you are a leader, by definition, there are always going to be more things that need your time and attention and decision-making exactly. and people who need you. There are going to be more needs than you have capacity. Always. Always. Right. Every day. That's, uh, that is, and that is normal state. Nothing's broken. Right. That is like, that is part of being a leader. Yes. And it is a losing proposition to think I just need to get, get on, top on top of everything of so yes. that, so that it all fits. Yes. Because you need to step back and realize it's never going to fit. It, you right. are, you always have to prioritize. You always have to decide where am I going to spend my energy because I, I will never get to the bottom of the list. That's right. I mean, because the only, the only other option, and I tried this in, in different ways, is like I'm going to wake up you know, at five and do two hours of like heads down work before the day starts. Or I've done that too. I, yeah. After I get my kid to bed, I'm going to handle my email you know, at night. And this is the thing. This works for some folks. Like People have different work schedules and all, all the thing. And like you should manage your time you know, the way that works for you. 
But the like, just do more hours. I'm just going to work this weekend. Like, is another one that we've mm-hmm. we, a pattern that we've seen, and and it sometimes it worries me because it feels like an unhealthy pattern. Because then on Monday, when folks come in exhausted because they worked all weekend, I'm like, this isn't no, it's <laughs> this not isn't good. sustainable, right? right? So it's the brute force method of like, I'm going to put in more hours, but that just doesn't that doesn't work. It's not sustainable. Uh, well, so can I add two things to this? Yeah. Are you making your best decisions at nine thirty or ten o'clock at night Heck. when you're tired and you've just been no. through a whole no? You're not, you're not clear headed. You're not being thoughtful. You might, you know, you might've had an espresso after dinner and you're like trying to push through and yeah, you can respond to like a lot of email or write a lot of Slack messages, but are you making good calls, which is paramount as a leader? That is what you need to be thinking about is how am I making good decisions, especially for the people around me, right? I'm setting direction. I am, I'm charting a course forward. And if you're not bringing your best thought and your like your clearest mind to those kinds of things you're putting the group and the business and the org and the thing exactly. you're leaving at risk right you are completely missing the point of what you have to do so so that's yeah. number one number two people look to leaders to set the tone yes and well, if if you are the one who is working all hours you're work you're putting in time on the weekends you are constantly playing this like game of catch up where you you know you just have to burn the candle at both ends that's the Example that you are setting for the rest of your company, the rest of your group, the rest of your team. You're showing up in meetings frazzled and overwhelmed and, oh, I got so much going on. People see, people read those signals. Right. And they start to think, oh, if I'm like success for me is that I have to be like that frazzled and putting it on. And then what happens? The work suffers, teams start to break down. It's not good. It's not healthy. And I mean healthy in like a uh, sustainable way. So it's absolutely the wrong, like it, it can be this enticing idea that like, oh, well, I just need to, if I just sneak in, you know, a little bit more here, or a little bit more there. Like I'll be on top of I'll it. Be on I'll be on top of it. Relief. Yeah. And it'd be great. I'll get the trophy. Right. And it might, yeah, it might work in targeted way, you know, targeted moments, but it's sure. not a good long term, always solution. Yeah. And I mean, look, I don't, when I'm responding to something late at night or I'm frazzled and just at low on gas, I'm going to show up more impatient a little bit shorter, yeah. harsher, a uh, little less empathetic, like a little less care, you know, not only making bad decisions, but also just, you know, not communicating at, the, you know, at the way that I want to show up as a lead, not being able to show up the way that I want to show up as a leader. That's right? exactly it. Yeah. So if the fact that you're always going to have demands on your time and attention and decision making ability are always going to be bigger than, than what you have, there's, I think, a really important, critical, actually, leadership skill, which is. And this is going to sound a little woo-woo. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to say it. We're in. Setting and holding boundaries yes. is so important. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's prioritizing, but there's also boundaries. There's also saying like, I can't make this meeting, but you know who who can? This person. Mm. Or like, please let me know like if, you know, if there's something you need me for later. There's just being just a ruthless prioritizer and saying, you know, this recurring meeting, it's, it's run its course. We don't need this anymore. Like we can end this. Yes. Like it, and if you need, you know, let us know. Or this particular pursuit, I have all these other tasks that are more important and more important to the business. Right. And so I'm, I'm just going to decide not to do this thing. Right. Being okay with, with not, not doing, doing something, the lower priority stuff. Yeah. Another thing that I think is really important as leaders, and I think we talked about this a little bit, it's really easy to just constantly react to fires and to incoming requests. So like you're, you're reacting, you're always reacting. I'm fixing, I don't want here. I gotta, what's yep. Yeah. But it's so important to, and I think this is part of setting boundaries, which is like sitting down and looking at your, and I do this kind of in the morning 
And sometimes on, you know, we just talked about working on the weekend. Sometimes on Sunday evening, as I'm like looking at the week, what are my priorities? What are the things that are most important this week? Right. And once that's clear and other stuff comes at you, it's very easy to say, you know what, this actually, this is important right now. I'm going to delegate this. I'm going to defer this, or I'm going to say, this doesn't have to be done. Right. Actually, we don't have to deal with this right now. Yep. This like takes a level of sort of executive functioning. <laughs> this well, just just this this like inward facing like let me look at my calendar, let me look at my task list, let me look at the things that are in front of us and what's most important for in our case the business, but maybe this is a team that you're coaching or a nonprofit that you volunteer for or you know, I don't know, knitting group, whatever, anything any situation where you're a leader, right. you have to think about what's most important to this group and where do I focus my limited time and attention. And energy and decision exactly. making. You've only had so many decisions that you can make well in a given day. In a given day. Yeah. Which ones are you going to do? Yeah. So you said two verbs in your sentence, right? Setting boundaries and, and holding. holding boundaries. And mm-hmm. we should talk about holding. But you're making exactly the point that I wanted to make with setting, which is it should derive from what is critical to your business. What are the things that are going to move the needle for you, right? Mm-hmm. And your company or your group or your division, whatever the organization is, and then make sure that the way you are setting your boundaries is aligned with that. So for example, we're a client services business. That means we need to be talking to clients. So one of our boundaries is we don't decline client meetings because of internal meetings. That's right. Our clients take priority. Over everything. Mm -hmm. If we need to have a conversation with a project that is not going well or a a new prospect that's really exciting, we we are always going to prioritize that. And we're always going to make the time for that. And that can be disconcerting, you know, at first for people to be like, well, wait a second, we had our one-on-one scheduled, or what about this like really important marketing session that we were supposed to have? And it's like, I get it, but the client's got to come first. We are a client services business. You know, everyone needs to do that calculus for themselves. What are the things that are going to impact the core function of this group? And how do I make sure that those things are defining the boundaries those, yes. or those are, those are how the boundaries are drawn. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, I have a client call, like I can't make it because I have a client call. Everyone in our, in post and in NCD data as well. Right. No one quite like, yes, you Great. should speak to your client. Right. Like that's, that takes precedent. And that's, that's so true for our business too. You know, and I think for a lot of businesses, right, there's like biz, new business coming in or, you know, orders or, or, you know, demand for your services. And then there's like delivery of your services or your goods. Sure. You know, Right. And at any given moment in time, I I had to really, (laughs) I thought that you had to have this like very complex model of a business in your head to like run it, you know, go down to all the details. It's actually not true. (laughs) If you zoom up, (laughs) zoom out, there's like supply and demand. Like it's just two things, right? It's supply and demand. Supply and demand. And we play the supply and demand game just, I mean, it's every day. Every day. Yes. And so, you know, at any given moment in time, you know, we've had delivery issues, meaning like we don't have enough people to staff. We have a couple of client engagements that are not going the way that they were going. And we would turn our attention to how do we optimize great delivery and make sure that that, that we're serving our clients on time. And then there's a t- there are times when new business is soft and right. it's not coming in at the right. rate, right? And so we want to turn our attention. So there have been times when we've been we know we can see looking at the business and the supply and demand levers and where they are. We've been focused on one and, you know, we've had one of our leaders come to us and say, you know, on the other side, things aren't going well. And we'd be like, but <laughs> look at the big picture here, exactly. right? Like we, this is actually the problem. You know, right. it's, it's, it's demand that's the issue or it's supply that's the issue. So it, having just that clarity of like the big North Star and also aligning your leaders to it. Right. Saying actually, no, we have a, you know, we have a sales pro- issue right now. We need to be focusing all of our thought there and not – you know, fine tuning our delivery when we've got availability. Right. 
That's, that's right. That's not the priority. It, this is where good financials come into play because, yeah. you know, it took us a long time, I think, to realize the impact of like, why look at the numbers, you know, right. that's overly reductive, but you can look at numbers in a spreadsheet and think, okay, like I understand why, you know, certain expenses are where they are and the revenue is where it is and, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, this is a decision-making lever and how do I let this financial reporting inform Yes. What decisions we're making. And that's exactly the point you're making, right? Because when you look at, you know, your month close numbers, it shouldn't just be, okay, I'm I'm keeping, you know, a finger on the pulse. I mean, they're that's helpful, but it should also be what what do we need to change going yes. forward? And as we look at our projections for the next month or three months, which is about as far as you can look in this kind of business. Mm-hmm. How are we letting that inform what decisions we're making and where we're spending our energy on that supply versus demand? Mm-hmm. equation. Yes. And you're exactly right that it's very easy to think, well, this is right in front of my face. And so mm-hmm. I'm just going to react to it versus stepping back and saying, where's the real challenge? What's our, what's our biggest challenge? Yeah. Right. In front of us. Yep. And sometimes maybe more often than not, it's not actually the thing that's like right in front of your face. That seems like the most important, but mm-hmm. actually the most important thing is one step away or two steps away. Yep. That's right. So let's go back to it's one thing to set the boundaries. It's another thing to hold the boundaries. Mm. So a couple things come to my mind. Like how do you say no? Mm-hmm. How do you redirect? Yes. Especially if you're getting something that falls into that, like it feels urgent category. Mm-hmm. You talked before about just sort of letting something fall off Slide. the list. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Or, or saying like, we're not going to spend energy on this. That's difficult to do. Like how does that play out in practice? This is a big challenge for me. Uh, You know, I'm a people pleaser. I want to do all the things. We're the leaders here. I want to take care of all the things, right? You hold these, you hold boundaries by saying, first, you have to know what boundaries are, what what they are. And then you have to just kind of calmly (laughs) communicate them, right? So like, this is, you know. That's it. Yeah. Just, and it's not like, not going to over apologize, not going to explain, just say, I need to leave the office right now. I have other plans. I'm actually, I'm not able to meet this meeting and make this meeting, but this person, it would be really good. I don't think we should focus our energy. I heard what you said, and I understand that this is a thing that's going on right now. I think that in the broader picture, this other thing is more important. So let's put a pin in this for now and revisit in a bit. Or I think that this is going to get resolved by this other thing. Mm-hmm. That let's focus, let's focus there. There's like reframing. Reframing. You know, reframing the priority. This is hard though, especially when it feels like someone needs me and I'm not immediately at their service. <laughs> Right. Right. And I'm talking about particularly like internally. Um, I mean, and look, you have to hold boundaries with a client as well. Right. Like, of course, like this wasn't our agreement. This wasn't our understanding that this is what we're delivering or like we expected that you would deliver this bit of collateral to us that we need in order to get our jobs done. And that didn't happen. So Um, therefore, therefore, right, right, exactly. So and, and it's. And it doesn't have to be a fire or a blow up or an emotional, like, I'm so sorry. And it doesn't, you have to like, you know, (laughs) have a whole thing about you did this. You have to relitigate. It's just a statement. It's just a statement. That's the thing. I actually think it works against you if you make it a whole big thing. Make it a whole big thing. You want to de-escalate and make it as normal as (laughs) possible. I laughed when you said you just need to calmly communicate the boundary. That's the whole story. It. And it's it sounds so easy and it's not easy. It yes. is actually very difficult to do that. And and you know, there are some like I love the strategies that you just described, which is like you can hear what someone is saying and you can acknowledge that like it feels 
urgent and pressing and like it needs to be solved right now and then also reframe it and redirect it and say, we're going to wait to hear the result of this other thing before we do this. Or I know this feels very urgent right now. We don't need to meet about it. Let's see if it's still an issue on Monday. Yes. And once you calmly communicate it and especially make people feel like they were heard, Mm -hmm. a lot of the time they'll get on board. They're like, okay. Okay. Sounds I, like a plan. Sounds I wanted like a plan. to just want to raise this. Right. I see that boundary and I'm going to, I'm going to respect, I mean, they're not going to say this out loud, but they right. see the boundary and they're going to respect it. It happens with clients too. I mean, the whole, the name yes. of the game with client services, setting expectations and then meeting, and meeting them or exceeding them. That's and right. if you set the expectation up front that here are the rules of the road, then when you act in those ways, it's not a fight or it's not a problem or it's not a concern, right? Yeah. You don't, if you set your working hours, you know, we are available from this time to that time. Then when right. people message you out of that time and they don't get a response, there's no issue because right. it's like you were clear up front. We were clear up front. Here's the boundary. So yeah. <laughs> calmly communicate, setting the boundary, figuring out how to set them and right. how they align what with your they priorities. Are, what they should be. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then calmly communicating about them. Those are the steps. Yes. And we're reducing it to that level. And, and right. we, you know, we acknowledge that like it's hard to do that. Right. But right. that's the name Simple, of the game. Simple but not easy. Simple but not easy. Yeah. Because the, there's the space of like figuring out what the boundary should be. And that's interesting, right? Like, like that's an interesting thought exercise about your goals and, you know, priorities and all those things. Um, but then there's that practice of Set. Here, and here's the thing. If you set them, if you say up front, I'm, a, I'm not available from, you know, six to eight because I'm eating dinner with my family. If you say that up front and then when you're not available, just like you said, it's not a surprise and everyone just accepts. But if you say that and then you are <laughs> responsive, then it's like people are like, wait, but you said you didn't follow. Th- you, you know, you said one thing, through. you did a different thing. So right. that becomes like a, a trust issue. And then suddenly that, that boundary, it's actually more confusing than not setting the boundary to, be, to begin with. That's right. You know? Because then it feels like, well, was that really a boundary? Right. There's a, you know, I don't know where I heard this, this, you know, sort of executive coaching, you know, business maxim, which is like, show me your calendar and I'll, t- I'll show you your priorities. Um, <laughs> Wait, like, what do you mean? Like meeting, like the way that you spend your time, like yeah. the meetings that you sit in and the people that you meet with during the course of a business, week, oh. like reflect what your priorities are. Got it. Right. Got it. And it haunts me. And, you, <laughs> and you know, you, you and I are in a lot of meetings together and we do like a Monday morning sync where, yes. and this is actually really helpful. This is like, you know, as an engineer, I'd call this rubber ducking. You're more than a rubber duck, Chris. I'll just. <laughs> can, can you just define rubber ducking real quick? Rubber ducking is when you're facing a bug or an engineering problem and you can't, and you're, and you're having a hard time figuring out how to fix it. There's something going wrong and it's not working the way you expect uh, and you're trying to debug it. The rubber ducking is you literally, if you have a you know rubber duck sitting on your desk, you explain to the duck what is happening, mm-hmm. right? And and by the, the, the exercise of explaining it, it will bring something to light. Yes. You'll think of something that you didn't think of. Oh, did you try this? Did you try that? So you and I spend you know time on Monday mornings looking at our calendar together, saying, okay, what are the meetings we're in together? What are the meetings we're in separately? And then there's this part where it's like, do we need to be in this? Right. Can someone else be in this? Should we decline it? And you and I sort of also <laughs> look at our calendar in desperation because we've got whatever. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. And then it's like, then we also have like work to do <laughs> right. between the meetings, right. like hands-on work. And so it, hel- it helps a lot because you and I have this like active conversation. I don't think that I would be as good at managing my calendar if we weren't having that, that session where we were like talking back and forth. Like there are very helpful times you'll say to me, you know, your meeting day seems not sustainable. Like you're going to be miserable. By two o'clock, you're going to be miserable. Like why don't you move this or that? That's super helpful. I mean, also, I mean, after 90 minutes of straight video calls, whether it's three 30s or an hour and a third, you start to just 
lose your mind. Right. Again, it's like what what are you bringing to that, you know, third or fourth hour of meetings? You're right. not you're where just, you need to be, yeah, you, you know? You're, you're just – yeah, you're wallpaper at that right. point. You're a box in the video call. Like right. That. Yeah, it's hard to parse yeah. new information. Rubber ducking the calendar though and doing this test when you look at your calendar and saying, do, does this reflect what my priorities yes. are? And if not – How do I make it reflect? Bingo. That's right. You've also said to me, we don't have a client meeting on the calendar – in right. the next th- three or four days. Right. Why aren't we talking to a prospect or, an, or our client in the right. next three days? That's right. Like there's something wrong. There's something wrong. We should be client facing. Exactly. All internal facing. Why is that? Right? right. Like we have to ask that question. And when we do that, to your point about reactivity versus proactivity, then we say, okay, we've got to be more proactive and fix this. How That's do we right. get in front of a prospect this week? How do we right. talk with our digital strategy team and say, we need to, you know, set up a session with X or review this proposal or whatever it is. Yes. And it drives positive behavior but you need that moment where you're saying let me analyze this let me right. let me you know peel back a couple layers of the onion here to say are we spending our time in the right places yeah that's yeah. right there's also there's an energy component too like something i said to you recently is like I'm fresher and more energetic in the morning. I know this about myself oh, after yeah. living in my in my head and my body for many, many years. And so, you know, with the podcast, there was a point where we scheduled a podcast recording like late in the day and late in the week. It was I like remember a four this. o'clock on a Thursday or Friday. Yeah. And it was just after a long day of meetings and I was my energy levels were low. I was feeling just I was fatigued. And I said to you, I just this isn't, isn't going to be a work. good show. No. Like I'm not going to show up like excited and happy to talk to you at right. this moment. Like I'm going to be looking at the clock being like, ah, what do we got? You know? So now we record in the morning. Like that's something that's, an, you know, I said that to you and you were like, you know, right, you're right. I feel the same way. And it makes a big difference. And it's 1030 in the morning and I'm fresh and energetic. <laughs> <Ready to> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. I want to ask you one more thing. Do you think there's a gender aspect to setting and holding boundaries? Absolutely. I do. I do. I think that Oh, I'm going to make very broad general, you know, generalizations about gender. But I think that that women are socialized to, you know, say yes, to do all the things, I right? I mean, we right. see study after study about like, you know, women at home and domestic, you know, and parenting relationships or household, you know, like in a straight couple where there's a man and woman, and they both work full time. Like women statistically take on more of the of the duties. It's funny, something that I've noticed in myself is that if someone at at work comes to me with a concern, I'm yeah. concerned about this thing that's happening. My immediate reaction is to be like, I have to resolve this concern. Mm. I have to convince this person it's not something we have to come up with an action plan. Like I take it as a task or a to do like, oh, this person is asking me to solve this for them when they aren't. They were just saying something. They were just saying something. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's just, I don't know if it's, a, you know, I think there's a gender aspect. I think there's like a just, I'm a helper. We're all helpers. We're in client services. So we're helpers. Yes. But, you know. But we're problem solvers. We see a problem. We're like, we want to solve this. Right. But I, I do think there's a little bit, there's a gender aspect. And I think women tend to apologize more. Like yes. this is something I have also work on. I, I, I find myself starting emails by being apologies for the delay. And then I backspace, backspace. Delete. I'm not going to apologize for the delay. There's no need. I'm not going to apologize for the delay. Right. I'm responding when I was able to respond. And here's my response. And I've been working on that a lot. I've been working on, you know, I, I think, or in my opinion, okay, delete. This is how I see it. Like I've d- definitely worked on being just a little bit more, you know, not having to, you know, soften things as much because that is my like default bent. And I think part of it has to do with just growing up as a, as a girl, as thing. a woman. Yeah. I don't think this is just your default bent. Like yeah. I think this is, it's ingrained in society, yes. in the culture, yes. certainly in America. And uh, I think setting boundaries is one thing and I think holding them is a whole different thing. And that's why when I come back to 
you just have to clearly communicate what the boundary is. That is hard. And I think it's especially hard for women because they, there is this expectation or whatever that it's like, well, I have to meet the need yeah, when I'm here to help. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I, you know, we're, you and I are here to give you permission that you don't, you don't That's have right. to do that. You can clearly communicate about the boundary and you're not doing anything wrong. It's right. perfectly acceptable and normal to say, you know, I'm not able to do that or that's not what this team is going to do or whatever the case may be without apology and without um, guilt. Explanation or guilt or shame. I am unavailable is a statement. <laughs> I am unavailable. It is a statement. It doesn't have to be like, I'm so sorry. I have this other thing going on. I could maybe move it, but I kind of rather not. Like I go through this whole, but like, I'm just, I'm unavailable, but here's someone who might be, or here's maybe another approach. Like, I think that's a, that's a good and helpful response. You yeah. always, of course, you don't want to just say, no. <laughs> right. You want to help your coworkers. You want to help your clients. You, you know, all, all those things. But also saying, looking at, you know, what you've got going on that week or whatever, whatever the request is, if you're not able to, refill, to fulfill it, just saying, I'm not able to do this. Here's maybe another way to approach it. All right. Even or a let generous, me redirect you in this way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. This is something you're, you are very good at, like just calm, direct statements of fact, especially in when they're, when things are hot, like in, in a client relationship or with a personnel issue, if pe- there are feelings and things are hot and there fe- people are feeling, you're very good at just being like, here's how I see it. This is what happened. Here's what our expectations are. Here's how we think we should move forward. And I, I have to say, like, I've really, you know, just observing you handle situ- especially stressful situations that feel high on the emotional scale. I- I've learned a ton about taking temperature down, making statements and getting to a place where we're like, this is the next step. Well, I think I'm also less empathetic than you are. So there's like, there's a, there's a balance. There's a trade-off. Um, but, I don't think. You know, I think there there needs to be, there. there's nuance to all of this there stuff. Is. And I am a big believer in trying to just, you know, be very calm and rational and say, here's what's in front of me. Here's what we need to do. And let's go do it. Or here's a different, a different way that you need to approach this and, th- and I'm going to lay it out for you. Yeah. And I think that that's an important, like that's what you want from your leaders. I think yes. is to not have, you know, the hot under the collar, like high emotion, right? We need to feel bad about how this went. Right. Like, and, I, I have guilt and shame and I feel I'm sorry. Right. And, and, I, and I mean, that's why people end up working the weekends and working late at night because their boss is like freaking out. And yeah. that's not yeah. the kind of boss you want to be. That's right. You know, but you also need to, I think something that, that, you bring to every relationship and something that I think is important as a leader is understanding where someone is coming from when they approach yes. you. Because, there, because yes, there are a lot of demands on a leader's time, yeah. but it's coming from a place of, you know, need or ambiguity, or there's some, there's something driving, something driving why someone is coming to you and mm-hmm. having an understanding and appreciation for that is really important. And yes. it doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to solve it, exactly. drop everything exactly. and dive, swoop in and fix it. It just means, right. You have but to you hear should it. understand it and hear it and appreciate it. And I think you yeah. excel at that. And that's another thing that I think good leaders do is they, they listen and they yeah. hear right. and they say, I get where you're coming from. Even if that, you don't need to compromise your boundaries, right? right. You, you're just taking it in. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, there's both. It's worth doing that investment of really trying to understand that. I don't think that you're not empathetic. I think you're very empathetic. I think that you spend less time worrying about, like I said, I had to decline something. I was speaking to you about it earlier. And I said, you know, I feel kind of bad about this. And you said, why? You don't need to feel bad. You don't need to feel bad. And also, you know, you didn't say this, but implicit to that was, 
why why waste your time feeling bad about it? Right. This is just the reality. Like, you know, you being at this thing is impossible today. And so just say that. Yeah. And make it so that it's just not that big a deal. I mean, I have to remind myself about this too. Like it is, you know, it's very natural to to feel I don't know what it is, guilt or whatever, that yes. like, oh, I'm I'm not able to fulfill this thing that's in this front thing. of me. Yes. But we should all remind ourselves as leaders that like, again, it comes back to the thing you were saying at the very beginning. There is always going to be more, more. than you can do. You should never think I'm going to check off every single box on the list. I'm going to right. respond to every single person. I'm going to be available. It's just not possible. Yeah. So give yourself a little leeway and a little yeah. forgiveness because when you you're going to have to say no a little you're bit. Have to and say no. Yeah. It, yeah. I have this like narrator in my head where it's like, well, you know, of what a CEO or a leader, you know, mm. should be. I should. That's this. interesting. Yeah, and I've had to shut her up. <laughs> I really have had to shut up the voice about how the kind of leader I should be because yeah. honestly. If I get down to it, if I can't make a thing for whatever reason, it's like I'm saying I can't make it because I'm putting my – I'm showing up the way that I need to show up for something else, right? And that's a leader. Like I have to constantly sort of align like this isn't about being lazy no. or like not caring. Nope. It's actually just about I have to direct my time and energy in, in the right places. Like that's the, exactly. that's a leader. I don't want to be necessarily the leader who like magically appears out of thin air whenever anyone says my name to resolve all your concerns, right? Like that doesn't – that's not sustainable. And – it's not good for the org either, right? Like you have to, you know, set a North Star for the whole group, right? And drive everybody toward that. But the the like you should or, I, you know, that voice is definitely part of my like guilt and the I feel bad that I had to, you know, move this meeting, you know. Nope, nope, got it. Cut you got to turn the radio off. You got to turn the radio <laughs> off. The, the, yeah. I think this is a perfect place to close it. And I can imagine people listening to this and hearing the same struggles that they are going through yeah. and feeling like, I, you know, I, I have issues, you know, sort of fully realizing what my boundaries need to be and making sure that they get held. We can help. We would love to talk to you about these things. We know that it's challenging to be in the leadership seat. And especially when you've got demands on putting real things in people's hands, whether it's your customers or your team or whatever. Um, And we want to help. So reach out to us. Hello at postlight.com. We will have this conversation with you. And at the very least, commiserate commiserate <laughs> about the challenges <laughs> yes about about boundaries of the leader we could do a three-parter on this we maybe should maybe should send us a note hello postlight.com thanks for listening everybody. thank you so much and we will talk to you all soon bye bye